We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, and we're talking about a Nets win over the Rockets, 123-114. How are we doing? Wasn't pretty, but the W is the one that matters, Nick. Yes, it was an important win. Miami lost to the Knicks tonight, so that obviously had an impact in the standings. We'll jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. Also give us a follow on Instagram at Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But Jack, where do we start? Nick, how did this one play out? Because it seemed like the Nets really took some time to get going and get into their flow. Yeah, I mean, this is a game that I mentioned to you before we hopped on. It's just like playing with your food. The Nets weren't very locked in in this game, and they allowed Houston to get comfortable. They were able to hit some tough shots. Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Josh Christopher, and then the Nets squeezed away a win because of their three-point shooting in the fourth quarter where they hit nine threes, including some really big ones from Royce O'Neal and Cam Johnson. But it wasn't pretty, but as you mentioned to start the show, a W is a W. Yeah, at the end of the day, look, we're not going to look back on this and be doing any rewatch parties uh, when it comes to this <laughs> matchup. But what matters is the the nine-point win and, and really sort of sealing themselves into that sort of sixth seed after, as you alluded to, the Knicks doing their thing, the Heat obviously you know, falling behind. So the sixth seed, seed seems locked in. We'll have a bit of a chat about that later if we have some time. But Nick, was this Cam Johnson's best game as a Brooklyn Net? You know, just a couple of games ago where we were saying his value has depleted, and now it's just like, well, he's certainly going to be earning a, a couple more million after a game like tonight. Yeah, I mean, this is his best game in a Nets uniform. I believe he dropped 30 against the Knicks, but that was a blowout. Tonight, it mattered, and as I mentioned, he hit a big three in that fourth quarter. One thing I really liked from Cam Johnson in this game was his ability to get to the rim. You know, I think he had three dunks in this game, including one where he really got up. Also, you see the five assists. You know, we've talked about it before. He doesn't have the best handle, but he has a handle enough where he can get in the paint sometimes and be under control and generate an advantage for the offense and get some things going. And we saw that, including one just like nice driving kick to his boy, Mikael Bridges, in the corner for a three. So that type of growth is important. And it makes such a difference when he's, obviously playing at this level but even when he's playing at a lesser level and giving the Nets 20 points it just gives them a, a little bit of flexibility and an affordability to make up for some offensive shortcomings from other players 
Yeah, 11 of 18 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line for his 31 points. Had the 7 boards, the 5 assists, a steal and a block, only the 2 turnovers, plus 17 on the night. He was just huge. And uh, as you alluded to, he's got some stuff in his bag. And I, and it's it's nice to be able to see that because yeah, we've seen it from Mikael Bridges. We're seeing it in spurts from Cam Johnson. And you know, what's going to be a big offseason, uh, uh, an historic and life-changing offseason for him in terms of the financial security he's likely to get from the Nets. It's it's nice to see him ball out when it matters and almost bail the Nets out in, in with some of his shooting tonight and some of his production on the scoring end. And yeah, he's just got... He's the perfect prototype of, of what you want out of the, the modern NBA player. Good size, good shooter, decent enough defender, can do a little bit with the ball in his hands in terms of creating for himself. And, yeah, the five assists certainly worked well tonight as well. I think, in general, the Nets were just hitting shots, which led to those 33 assists. But, yeah, I think he can do a little bit. And it's like when... If you want to listen to Nick and I deep dive on Cam Johnson and Cal Bridges, we did a really thorough episode a, a couple of weeks ago. Worth checking that one out. But I'm still a, a very high on Cam Johnson, probably from an irrational perspective, because I just think that there's some unlocked potential there. Yeah, I think he also be a really good all-around basketball player where he almost doesn't have necessarily a weakness to his game where he's just kind of solid all around and maybe he can, you know, get to that next level as a shooter and maybe there's a little bit more creation there. I think... As he gets more attempts to drive to the rim with contact, it'll be interesting to see how he moves forward with his layup package or if he looks to, you know, have a little bit more of a floater or kind of lean into some of those pull-up jumpers. And his skill set just really complements stars. And then sometimes he'll get these performances like this. Yeah, exactly. And to have... With the Nets, with the current roster construction, you've got your sort of your pegging in, in terms of Mikael Bridges is probably your 1A, Spencer's 2. But then in saying that, Cam and, and, and DFS and Clax and Royce, these guys can contribute as a collective and have those sort of flashy nights. And it's just about, you know, is their efficiency going to be good enough? Are they going to do the little things here and there? And the Nets didn't really for three and a half quarters, but it was enough against the Houston Rockets team, which is probably the worst in the league, if not one of the two or three worst teams. And ultimately, you know, Cam Johnson was a big reason why the Nets were able to get the advantage. Yeah, I mean, you go 17 to 35 from three. You're going to win a lot of games, including ones that you probably shouldn't win. You know, tonight they gave up 20 offensive boards to the Rockets. I know something you like to look at is shooting possessions. Rockets had nine. 96 field goal or 98 field goal attempts. The Nets only had 82. You know, it's pretty tough to win, but three point shooting will make up for that thanks to math. Yeah, 16 more shooting possessions isn't something you really like. The Nets still shot 44 of 82 from the field, so nearly 54%. So without that efficiency, without that really hot stretch in the fourth quarter, you know, the Nets uh, are having an upset loss and we're discussing things on a, on a mole somber sort of side of things. But in saying that, Nick, you know, four of the five starters, and you can make an argument for DFS and some of his rebounding, but the, the starters as a collective, you know, 80% of them were, were pretty bloody good tonight. Yeah, you know, the bench wasn't great other than Royce O'Neal. And as you mentioned, you know, everybody in the starting lineup had a positive contribution to this game. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith still can't knock down a three, and that hampers the offense a lot at times. You know, you saw Royce close the game, and that was a big factor in generating enough offense to get the win. But, you know, I guess going to Mikel Bridges had 27 points in this one, 8 of 17 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 block, 3 turnovers, Mikhail, this wasn't even like his best game. You know, it wasn't a great game. And he still dropped 27 points and was very efficient. Yeah, I don't mean to make the comparisons to Kevin Durant. You know, the, that era is over. But 
you just can't help but feel that make those direct comparisons because you know recency bias it's it's all in our head when kevin Durant had like an okay game this is what he'd sort of put up you know maybe yeah. Michaela's better rebounder maybe kevin Durant's a better playmaker you know whatever you sort of want to put out there but i'm um, just every single time Mikael bridges free throws nick eight again tonight and he's barely missing him you know it's him and damian lillard as the most efficient high volume free throw shooters in the league and it's just something that just sticks out to me as superstar status and and superstars when they're not having their best games can still put up 27 5 and 5 it's like that sort of lebron 27 7 and 7 number that he does and he's averaged since he was 18 years old Mikhail bridges is starting to do that you know that sort of light work 23 25 5 and 5 sort of for the nets and it's it's pretty bloody impressive. Yeah, it really is. And in this game, we saw Houston trap him a little bit more, send some double teams, forcing him to get the ball out of his hands. That's why you love the six assists. I think, you know, you mentioned I, when you went to the KD thing, I thought you were going to talk about some of the shots he took tonight because some of them really looked identical to a lot of the moves that we see from Kevin Durant, you know, just being too long, having the length, the high release point, even with great contest, he's still able to knock down shots in his spots. Well, it's funny because when he was asked, like, by the Nets, you know, <laughs> behind the PIs, like, who's your favorite player? And he just starts laughing, Kevin Durant. And it's just like, you emulate your favorite players. You emulate your idols. And and, he, and he's doing that. You know, he's obviously got a, a ways to go to have the resume, have the status of, of Kevin Durant. But he's certainly doing some things that are reminiscent of one of his idols and, and a player that we know very well also. Yeah, and this is a game, too, where Mikhail didn't start off shooting well, and he was able to find his rhythm as the game progressed and kind of settle down and just, like I mentioned, get to his spots, and that's where he's really comfortable. And it's just you're continuing to see the growth into a really, really good player. Yeah, I believe 12 of those 27 points were in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. So he was just really, really important in the clutch as the Nets did need it. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Clack City, Nick, 8 to 10 from the field. 35 minutes for him, so good to see some elevated time for him. Only 2 or 4 from the free throw line. Did the 10 boards, 2 of them offensive, had a couple of dimes, 3 blocks yet again, a steal, plus 8 for his 18 points. It's a bit of a fun matchup between him and Alpha and Shangun. Yeah, and Shangun got him in the post. Obviously, we know Clax strong some of those bigger bodies, but Clax was able to counter that with having an impact offensively and also his switching defense and getting a ton of you know blocks at the rim and also contests. So Claxon, you know, wasn't his best game in the post, but he was able to have a positive impact and pretty much everywhere else. And it's also just like his inclusion on the team. Like when he's out there, he's asked to do so much, not just offensively, but even offensively. This guy's setting like three to four picks every possession. You know, it's just a lot of work. And though, like you mentioned, playing 35 minutes is a lot. You know, you see him deep breathing a lot during the game because he's really exerting a ton of energy out there. And you just got to get the guy a lot of credit for the strides he's made in just the conditioning department. Yeah, his durability on top of that with his conditioning, the consistency to be able to put up 30 to 35 minutes as because the 35, the quality of the 35 minutes that a Nick Claxton plays out there are of the highest caliber on both ends of the floor. He doesn't take possessions off. He's not like LeBron James in the twilight of his career, sort of taking a few possessions off here and there to save the gas in the tank for that fourth quarter. Every single player is like Nick Claxton's last. He plays with the ferocity yep. and an energy. And it's why, you know, we've seen him have his, his issues in the past, but it's really good to see him, you know, put the work in the offseason and reap the rewards of that. And, you know, an, an 18 and 10 night, you know, Elfrin Schengen certainly had his own as well, but, you know, Nick Claxton was certainly a positive in many departments tonight, and it's a, a credit to him. Yeah, and again, I, I'll keep saying this. He's just super fun to watch. You know, he's probably the most exciting guy to watch in the Nets. You know, you throw a bad pass for an oop, Clack still might grab it and finish. We saw him do that tonight. Really contort his body in the air. You know, he had a really nice dunk in this game as well, where I think Kevin Porter Jr. went for the block. Clax hit him with a little pump on it and threw it down. And we just know he's a guy that can get Barclays going. And for a team like this, it's really important. Big time. He just brings that intangible energy that can make the clays pop, and certainly. But let's get to Spencer Dibbley. A little bit of a bounce back game from him after being pretty poor in the previous matchup. 20 points for him to go with the 11 assists. Also the four boards uh, and a steal. Three or four from three. So good to see that three ball falling. Only hit one of his free throws, though, which was a little bit disappointing. But 8 of 11 from the field. So certainly very efficient in the 38 minutes that he had tonight. How did you feel Spence went against uh, the Rockets? Yeah, you said little bounce back. This is a huge bounce back because the previous game, I believe he didn't hit a shot. He was, you mentioned, you know, eight, eight field goals made, you know, three threes made, was able to get those 11 assists. Just was really good in this game. And this is just one of those Spencer games. Where you're like, wow, why can't he do this all the time? You know, obviously some of that is playing the Houston Rockets and there's just more opportunities to be successful. It's a little bit easier, but I thought he really bounced back strong in this game and was exactly what the Nets needed. Yeah. He's really found the sort of, balance like the, the the previous good games that he has played is the type of good games that still allows 
clacks to shine, bridges to shine, Cam Johnson to shine, the guys around him where it's not dispensable. And that's a full credit to him for having that awareness and having that composure and just leadership out there on, on the court and, and while still being an effective player. You know, he's still a very, very talented offensive player, a very, very smart, high IQ player as well. So full credit to him for still contributing in ways that we know that he can. Yeah, I mean, 11 field goal attempts, had 20 points and 11 assists. You really can't get more efficient than that as a point guard. You really can't, and you take that any day of the week. That's the Spencer special. You know, you're 20 and 10 on on good efficiency. Take that every day of the goddamn week. But, Nick, Royce O'Neal tonight, was he a little bit of a hero? He seems to love to, in a similar way you were alluding to sort of Clax's energy, it seems Royce brings a, a, an energy and a, to to the to the Nets fan base and and what he's brought to us this year and in terms of hitting big shots at, at timely moments, whether it's against Portland and and other matchups tonight, he he hit some crucial. All three of his shots were threes, three of seven from the field. He had the five boards and four assists as well for his nine points. We've spoken about and we might repeat some of the things that we said about Royce, but full credit to him for continuing to contribute in that bench role but still playing elevated minutes like i you can make a very credible argument that roy should be starting over dfs but it's a credit to the attitude and sort of veteran savvy and mouse and just the the humility that that royce is showing but he's continuing to be a a big part of the nets when they're having success yeah and he was having not a bad game but not an amazing game and he hit all three of his threes in the fourth quarter and like you mentioned, he's been clutch for this team. You know, it was the tipping against Portland. I want to say maybe against Washington, he potentially had another one. Um, he just hit a lot of big shots for this team. And, you know, I like him closing. Maybe he doesn't get the starting minutes, but I think he's found a really nice rhythm off the bench. And he gives them some level of ball handling. Obviously, it's not enough to be a lead ball handler, maybe not even a secondary ball handler, but it's something, especially with this team. So credit to him, like you said, being a professional, really playing his role, five rebounds, four assists, just overall a really solid player. And I think this is the perfect position for Royce O'Neal moving forward in terms of whatever team he's on. I don't think he's necessarily a starter, but maybe a fifth starter or uh, one of the first or second guys off the bench. And that's where he can really get comfortable and play his game. Definitely. And he's done that in, in spades for the Nets ever since uh, the the guys from Dallas and Phoenix have come over. Any final game notes, Nick, before I ask you about what is you know likely a six seed versus a three seed matchup against the Sixers? Maybe some early little thoughts there. Any final game notes on this one against the Houston Rockets? Uh, other than Royce, I thought the bench was pretty poor in this one. I thought the rotations at times were a little strange from Vaughn, especially that early second quarter one. I don't believe he had Mikel Bridges, Nick Claxon, or Spencer Dinwiddie on the floor. You know, that's just tough out there. Still rolled with Seth Curry over Edmund Sumner for the most part. Sumner did get a little burn. Um, you know, made a few mistakes, but also played at like 110%. No Cam Thomas in this one. Yuda looks like he struggled a little bit to find his rhythm and role and that's impacting his shooting but overall you know the bench is going to have to be better in the future matchups against good teams yeah and there's a a game against the Sixers coming up that is going to be you know a little bit of a preview the the final game of the season and the Nets look to be solidifying that sixth seed Nick and it's more than likely going to be against the Sixers any early impressions thoughts feelings about that you know we've covered a, a Sixers versus nets playoff matchup we've been there in person to uh, watch the game together at, at your place well how are you feeling about you know the nets moving forward and and holding on to that six seed yeah last time um but really you know 
you hope the Nets hold on. The way Miami's playing, like you said, they've been pretty poor. So it seems like the Nets almost have that locked in, given the tiebreaker. And looking at the matchup, you know, there's some positives that you could look to. The you know the pace that Philly plays at, the way they love to go to ISO, the way they can get stagnant, but also at the same time they have Joel Embiid. The Nets don't have a great matchup for Embiid. Embiid, arguably the best player in the NBA this season. It's going to be tough to slow them down. I think offensively, there's some areas where they can attack, but at the same time, they're just going to have to be super locked in and engaged, even have a chance to you know force it five or six games. Yeah, there's certain things that the Nets will do well against them. You know, Mikael Bridges and James Harden is a matchup that I do like. You know, Clax has played relatively well against Joel Embiid, but 40 minutes in a playoff matchup is different to those regular season matchups where, you know, him and you know a few others have been able to chip in here and there, and they, they can play with a bit of pace and, and put the, the Sixers on the back foot. I also do think, in a weird way, that Jacques Vaughn is probably a better head coach than Doc Rivers, despite what Doc Rivers has done. So there might be a coaching advantage there. I don't think it's that big, but we'll dive deep into that if that is what the matchup does end up eventuating to. But any final things, Nick, before where the Nets currently stand and the last couple of games before we end yet another regular season? Um, No, I think we know we're just trying to see how the team finishes out the year. Can they take care of business? Can they find a level of consistency? Offensively, and also I think rotationally, I think is going to be huge. You know, finding the right lineup so you don't end up giving that 10 0 run that essentially loses you a playoff game. You know, that's going to be important for them to just get the final fixes on this team. But overall, on to the next one. Always a pleasure, Jack. Big thanks to everybody for listening and check the buzz on all stream platforms. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.